Today, we're talking about giving yourself grace, that space you sometimes need to mess up and not beat yourself up over it or have days when you just don't have as much energy to do all the things you want to do. I'm an entrepreneur by nature and I push myself and I'm driven and I hold myself to super high standards like many of us. But what I've realized lately is oftentimes my expectations were unrealistic, which I would have told you is a great thing, set super high goals because otherwise there's no way to achieve them. But what I've realized is I'm able to enjoy the journey more and embrace the beauty of evolving and use mistakes as learned opportunities, all the positive things that come when you give yourself grace. I'm now focusing on giving my best based on my capacity that day and in that moment. Perfection is not the goal and I'm not competing with anybody else. By giving myself this sort of self-compassion, it's not making me weaker, it's making me stronger because I'm showing more love to myself. Slowing down just enough to enjoy the journey and have the space for rest and self-love and grace. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here. This episode is all about giving yourself grace. And with every podcast episode topic that I pick, I think it's something that's really worth hitting pause on life and thinking about how this relates to you. I think some topics might fully speak to you in that moment and like, this is what you needed to hear. And maybe you feel like I'm doing pretty good, but I'm glad you brought that up because I could really do better. I could see growth in my life if I adjusted this. So whether this is something that really speaks to you and you're really hard on yourself or you're feeling like you're pouring from an empty cup, or if you mess up, you're really hard on yourself or maybe kind of on the other end, maybe you're not, you're pretty good at this, but there are certain areas of your life where you could be better at it. This is something that is very newly recognized in my own life. I am naturally not great. Like the idea of giving yourself grace naturally means slow down, take a step back, look back at things, take the pressure off of yourself in some ways. And for me, that just doesn't feel natural. Like I hear slow down and I instantly like almost have a bodily reaction because it's just not natural for me. And that's not necessarily a good thing. I'm not giving myself a backhanded compliment at all. It's definitely a bad thing because I think that very often we can, meaning me, go keep going on the routine and keep pushing harder and trying harder and just go, go, go rather than, even though it's stepping back to slow down and look at things, I think that you can proceed again and proceed faster and better and achieve more and stay truer to the things that you really want to accomplish and the things that are really important to you and realize the importance of taking the time physically and mentally, having the physical and mental strength and space to give yourself grace when you need it. So let's break down what this actually means. First, the whole concept of this, of giving yourself grace is knowing that you're not perfect and perfection is not the goal. I want to do so much more research on the concept of perfection and do a whole podcast on not aiming for perfection, but 
I still need, I have a lot of reading to do on that. So that will come. But this is a very similar concept. The idea that you can mess up on something and you don't feel badly. You don't beat yourself up over it for days and days or weeks and weeks. You chalk it up to a lesson learned. Also, another way to give yourself grace is realize some days you just don't have as much energy or you don't feel well. Your best is going to be different on different days. It's interesting. I feel like especially as women, but also just humans in general, we wear so many more hats now. We have so many more jobs. We're doing so many more things. We're expected to be great at lots of things. And I found in my own life, I can be great at lots of things, but not all of them at the exact same time. So knowing that some days you're just not going to be 100% and give yourself grace on those days. Maybe you show up at the gym and you can just barely push through what would normally be, you know, the easiest thing, or you only have the energy for 20 minutes. Normally, I would push myself and say, you are capable of more. You, you can do more. You're quitting if you give up. And while I think there is definitely something in pushing yourself and pushing yourself physically and not just giving yourself an excuse or a pass, I do realize lately that a lot of times I was not showing myself self-love. I was kind of beating myself up when maybe I really, maybe pushing my body wouldn't really serve me in that moment. Maybe that 20 minutes is enough of a workout for that day, um, or maybe I just, for some reason, I was kind of not nailing a project at work and just tell myself, listen, I'm just not, I'm just not at my best today. This is the best I could do. Maybe I'll table this project, come back to it tomorrow when I'm better. Whereas normally I'd be like, no, this is taking you way too long already. Push through this. You can push it. You can finish it. You told yourself you were going to finish it today. That leads to another big realization that I've had through reading, through reading books about this concept is setting your expectations. So again, I'm an entrepreneur. I, I always think, you know, push harder, do better. But here's the thing. When you set your expectations too high, then oftentimes you don't reach them because it might just not, most of them might physically not be possible to reach. Then you slowly stop believing yourself when you tell yourself you're going to do something. I've only very recently realized that. So if I write my my to-do list the night before for the next day, and I say, I'm going to accomplish all these things, but realistically, I physically couldn't do all those things and do them well in the day. But what I realized is because I was setting unrealistic goals, when I'm, when I, I just, I stopped believing in myself and my ability to do it. So when I would be writing my to-do list for the next day, Rather than, you know, in the past, I would be like, yes, I am going to get through these. I'm like, nah, you probably won't. Like I literally would kind of stop believing in myself because I was I, I was setting unrealistic goals for the day. So I would never finish the to-do list because it was 12 hours of work and I only had six hours available. So I slowly stopped believing. So this is where I think you can get yourself stuck. And this is what I've read quite a bit about because it's a very hard balance to put yourself push push yourself. I've always thought if you don't lay out high goals, if you don't dream big, you'll never reach big. If you don't set out those high those those things that you want to reach, you'll never get somewhere that you don't plan for and aim for and goal for. But the reverse of that is if you're too aggressive with it, to where it's not physically possible and you're never hitting the little daily markers or weekly markers or these goals that you set for yourself because they're just not realistic, 
it will work in the reverse. And then you'll stop believing in yourself in this way. So I think that there is big value for whatever it is on the daily, weekly, monthly. Be realistic about your goals so that you're happy about yourself. I would always go to bed feeling unfulfilled, unaccomplished, you know, slightly some days disappointed in myself just because I'm like, man, I barely got anything done. When the reality of it is I probably got 12 things done on the list, but there were 40 on the list. So I think that it's so much more encouraging for you and for your days if you set realistic goals for yourself. So that way you reach them and you feel good, you go to sleep accomplished and you wake up and you do it all over again. When we give ourselves grace, we release the feelings of shame and regret so we can move forward and not hold on to past things. And we can be more open with ourselves and with others and just kind of be more free and more lighthearted. I feel like I got to the point to where I was trying to just constantly task. I had so many things on my to-do list every day that I was constantly tasking and I was feeling like I was never doing enough or being enough. I really am curious to everyone listening, how often do you feel like, I'm just not, I'm just not enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not being enough. I'm not accomplishing enough. I'm not good enough in these certain ways. I'm not making enough homemade meals instead of picking up food, or my house isn't clean enough, or I'm not achieving enough at work, or I'm not giving my spouse enough or my kids enough or my friends enough, whatever it is. I'm telling you, there's so much value in giving yourself grace. And I used to think of it like kind of a cop out, like, you know, you're giving yourself an excuse or you're giving yourself an excuse to be lazy or a reason not to be great at it. But I'm telling you, it's just another version of self-love and having space for rest and realizing that you cannot pour from an empty cup. Nobody is going to get the best of you if you don't give yourself a grace, like a pass when you need a pass, when you need a pass with that work project, or you really, um, you had an interaction with your child and later you were like, oh my gosh, I could have handled that so much better guess what? The best thing is we get to wake up and do it all over again. I used to really stay up late and like, oh, analyze what I should have said better or how I should have been more kind in the words I used or whatever it is. But the thing is, is we just have to give ourselves grace. First, you can't change it. So let's learn the lesson, release the guilt or the shame or whatever you're feeling and move on. And for me, I proceeded so much better because I, if I barely slept, then I wake up tired. No one's getting the best of me then if I've barely slept. I have the anxiety and the guilt and the stress from the interaction that I wish I would have done differently versus now I think, okay, lesson learned. I'm going to give myself grace with this, but I'm going to really let this set in. The next time something like this happens, this type of conversations comes up. I'm going to be so loving or I'm just going to listen and I'm not going to over talk. Whatever it is, the lesson learned sinks in so much better and I'm so much more motivated to remember the lesson because I can't change it anyways. I can't change what I did that I wish I would have done differently. So I just say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to learn from it. We're going to realize we have lots of opportunities. This will be forgotten and it will be replaced with a new, much better memory and I'm going to handle it so much better next time. One thing I always think about, and I talk about this a lot on the podcast, is when you start talking to yourself in a negative way, you have to ask yourself, 
is this how I would talk to my friend, my, my child, someone I love so much? I talk about this with body issues. Like if you look at, in, at the mirror in your body and you're like, gosh, you are, you're just, you're overweight. How'd you let yourself get like this or whatever you say, or you didn't used to look like this or you're pinching. You would never pinch the side of your best friend's waist and say, how did you let this happen? You would never. So stop doing it to yourself. I'm telling you, it is, it can create so much more space, mental and emotional and physical space for that other stuff, that self-compassion and self-love and rest and grace. When we talk about grace and when I was listening and learning about grace, there was a lot of talk about burnout. And burnout is defined as the physical or mental collapse due to overwork or overstress. Again, we have so many responsibilities now more in this age that we're living in more than ever, and we're expected to be great at everything. But I think that we have to realize, are these expectations that we've put on ourselves, are other people putting these expectations on us? Are we putting super high unrealistic expectations on other people? It's all really interesting, and I think it's all really evolving. Because all this can make you feel like you're not enough. You're not doing enough. And social media, we talk about this all the time, I think takes it to a whole new level because you see the highlight reel of other people's lives. I personally am like, oh my gosh, how did I work on the house and just work, you know, whatever it is, maybe it's a Saturday. And so I don't have as much work per se. As an entrepreneur, your work is never done, as many of you know. But say I've mainly worked to feed the kids, attend to the kids, get caught up on homework and keep the house clean. And at the end of the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, this house does not even look like I worked on it all day. It's There's stuff everywhere. Like, how is this possible? Now I'm too exhausted to keep going. How do other moms do it? I think that we sometimes place this on ourselves. Maybe other people place it on you. Like I always talk about, if there is negative, we have to protect our headspace. If there's negativity coming your way or other people are putting these expectations on you, you got to put those earbuds in and block it out. And if it's you saying it to yourself, the best part is you can completely control it. Talking again about perfection. Again, I think this could be its own podcast, but I'm very interested in the concept of perfection and the expectations that we put on ourselves. One of my favorite, favorite things to listen to about when it comes to Tony Robbins, I think Tony Robbins has so many valuable lessons and he's sort of the OG of self-improvement and development. But my favorite thing that he talks about is progress. So our goal is not perfection, it's progress. And Tony Robbins says the secret to happiness in one word is progress. And I feel like this is so freeing. Like I love practical, tactical ideas and concepts that help us, I don't know, feel more free. Like I've talked about on on past podcasts, sometimes when I'm overwhelmed by being a parent, I just think, okay, calm down and just realize that being a good example for your kids is the best thing. So even if you don't know the exact right thing to say right now or do right now, just be a good human and that's a good thing. That's a good starting point. I'm like, okay, I love that hack. I can do that. I can be kind. I can be calm. I can be patient. I can be all those things. I don't know how to handle this parenting situation, but I'm just going to be a good human and I know that's a good start. I love that hack. So for this, I love that he's like, just focus on progress. Sometimes when you're not sure what the next right step is in life. Just focus on progress and it takes the pressure off. 
Okay, so this is a quote from something that Tony Robbins wrote about progress that I thought would add a lot of value kind of to this conversation. Here we go. Quote, if you want to have ongoing joy and fulfillment in your life, the secret is just one word, progress. Progress equals happiness. While achievements and material things may excite you for the moment, the only thing that's going to make you happy long-term is knowing that you're making progress. To do this, you have to remember, while change is automatic, progress is not. Progress results from actively and consciously choosing a life you love, a life where you can't wait to jump out of bed in the morning because you are growing, contributing, impacting, and serving. How do you start creating a life like that? By first learning that you don't need an excuse to feel good. You can feel good for no reason. End quote. I love that. Isn't that the most like non-cheesy, realistic, motivating? It's just, it's about progress. Change is automatic. Change is going to happen whether you do anything or not, but progress is not. For me, that's freeing because on days when I'm overwhelmed or I feel like I'm doing everything wrong, I just think you don't have to see the entire staircase. You just have to take the next right step. And I think that... Um, that progress concept is so helpful when we're trying to balance all of this. Like I was talking about, I believe that we can be amazing at everything, but just not amazing at everything you want to be everything. You know, sometimes you'll be an amazing spouse or an amazing friend or an amazing parent, um, amazing business woman, business man. Um, you could be an amazing softball player. You can be amazing at yoga. All the, you can be amazing at cooking healthy meals that your family loves. But in my experience, I like I was on a podcast one time and my really good friend Wynn, who is um, one of the co-owners, co-founders of Paul Mitchell Schools, he asked me, do you think women, working women and moms can have it all? And no one had ever asked that. This was years and years ago. No one had ever asked me that directly. And I said, yes, but just not in the same moment. For me in my life, that's what I found. I can be awesome at everything, but not all in the same moment. And I think that that's freeing and empowering because I used to, so say I would make a healthy meal that I thought everyone was going to love and everyone thought it sucked. I would get so stressed. Like I tried so hard. I put so much into this. How could this happen? Now everyone's hungry. Everyone's just criticized me. I feel awful. The kitchen's a mess. I just spent an hour and a half doing this. Now I have to figure out something else on the fly. Everyone's thinking about how I suck as a cook. And now I give myself grace in the way that I was like, well, I tried. Lesson learned. We're never doing this crock pot, vegetable, chicken adventure ever again. And I give myself grace. And I think that it's teaching my kids a lot because I think, you know, we bring the environment that stays in our house. And it's kind of like the freedom to relax. Like I put so much pressure on myself that, no, 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 this meal can't be a fail. It just can't. I can't fail at this. I tried hard at it. And that's another whole element to this whole thing is a lot of times you're going to fail at things that you try really hard with. I fail so much. A lot of times in business at things that I try really hard for it, I I feel like, no, 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 I deserve to win at this. I don't deserve to fail at it because I tried really hard, but sometimes it just doesn't pan out that way. And, you know, other times maybe I'll nail that great healthy meal and everyone loves it, but then the house is a total disaster and I'm going to bed feeling like, oh my God, like this just, I got to wake up in the morning and deal with this. Or maybe I feel like I nailed a project at work. Like, yes, okay, we, this, this, 
was really well received. We're getting to the next level on this. Amazing. But then maybe because I've spent that extra time doing that, I'll feel I'll I'll come home and connect with my kids and which I, you know, obviously try to do all the time. But for some reason, maybe one of my kids is struggling with something that I felt like I should have caught earlier or attended to sooner. And then I'm beating myself up like, how did I miss this? How did I miss that they were struggling with this? I should have caught this sooner. And it's just realizing that even though we want to be great at everything at the same time, sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. And we have to give ourselves freedom to relax. Realize that even though we want to have our house in order and the laundry done, there is such a balance that's so hard with how complicated our lives are. And sometimes we need to let up and just know that things will get back in order. I caught myself tasking all the time. Again, because of my realistic huge to-do list every day. And one day I was cleaning the kitchen and trying to like get ahead on it. So I was just, I could just be done. And I was cleaning and scrubbing and I looked over and my husband and kids were sitting at the, at the table, still sitting, meal was done, laughing and just, just laughing and talking, just teasing each other, laughing at each other. And I thought I'm missing it. I'm working. I'm working so hard to get all the things done that I'm missing the moments. And if you listen to this podcast all the time, you know, I talk all the time about being 90 years old And thinking, do you want to look back when you're 90 and think, God, my house was clean and organized. Yes, I nailed this. Or do you want to think I was at that kitchen table laughing and being there for the joys and the tears and just those moments sitting around the table instead of constantly feeling like you have to be more, you have to clean up, you have to task. That freedom to relax. Also, the sort of presence and the feeling like you're enough for your kids. I read a I read a lot about saying no and I did a podcast if you did not hear it that you must listen to that's called that's called something like how to be awesome at knowing if it's not a hell yes it's a no and being able to say no no period meaning without explanation. So Don't say, well, I really don't have any time for this. But if you can't find anyone else, then definitely come back to me and I'll make it work. No, no, no. That's how you are signing yourself willingly for burnout. If you know it's not a hell yes for you, no, you can politely say no. Don't over talk it. Don't give an excuse and do not give that maybe. Say, you know, in whatever politely, honest, transparent way, it's just a no. But a no without a huge explanation and without a maybe. Maybe you feel like you should sign up for a room mom, but you know it'll stretch you thin and it doesn't set your soul on fire. And But it makes you feel like, like that's what the good moms do. Let me break it down for you. No way. 1,000% no way. And it's not the people who are the room moms that contribute the most or do the most. I'm telling you, it has to be something that you want to do. Does it make it, does it, does the idea of it make you so happy? Is it something you want to do and you look forward to do, or do you dread it or feel like it would suck the life out of you? Don't feel like you have to do any of the things to be a quote, good mom, a room mom, a this mom, a that mom, a mom that does this or does that, that only makes homemade meals or only feeds her kids organic and gluten-free. I just feel like do what makes you feel good and what's the most important to you. When you overcommit at the school 
or over sign up for things, just think in advance, how is it going to make yourself feel and give yourself grace? Just because you aren't this mom or that mom, they, that's not, you just got to give yourself grace because here's the thing. You're not going to show up for your family happy and fulfilled if you're doing all those things by saying no to the things that aren't going to set you on fire, set your soul on fire. You're going to come back to your family whole and happy and not trying to pour from an empty cup because guess what? You want to give your family the best of you, not what's left of you. That's why you can't commit to all the things. You just have to leave on the things on your plate that you really want and give yourself grace in all ways of life as a spouse, as a parent, as a friend. It's so easy with so many responsibilities to feel like we're sort of failing at all of it or feeling like you don't have the energy for certain things. I find that when people, when I have conversations with people through direct message, a lot of times people, especially people with, especially women with young kids say, I'm just not, I don't have any energy for my, my spouse. Like I just don't have anything. I just don't have anything left to give. And I think that it's really, it's really challenging to figure it out. But especially when it comes to marriage, I think that communication is key. Giving yourself grace, take away the ego and not always trying to wear every hat at one time and say, what do you need? What do you need more of? What do you need less of? And for me, when I kind of took away the ego of it, like I was talking about that pressure of trying to make that great meal, like, no, 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 I cannot fail at this. I've tried hard at this. I can't. Or I can't even hear the criticism. I'm about to crack already. I can't hear what I'm not doing well enough. Giving yourself grace is kind of like taking a step back, removing the ego from it and saying, listen, I know I cannot be a thousand percent awesome at everything at every moment of the day, but our relationship is so important to me. I want to have this conversation. What do you need? What do you need more of? What do you need less of? I feel like you can grow so much as a couple in this way because when you take your guard down, you're giving each other grace. And also knowing it's not always going to be 50-50. Sometimes you might be giving 80% and your spouse is giving 20%. But I'm telling you, in the long run, it all works out. Maybe you get sick and you can't figure out what it is. And then you're the 20% and he's picking up the 80%. I've learned you can't be resentful when it's off balance. And a lot of times people will ask me if I post something on social media. I did this for my husband. I say my only marriage hack is try to do one thing for your spouse every day that you weren't going to do. Little tiny things usually, but that's my one hack. That's what I try to do every day. It works really well for me. And people say, well, what did he do for you today? And I get it, touche. I do it way more than he does it, but he's a different person. and He does things in different ways. Like my favorite restaurant is Vibe Organic Kitchen. It's local in Newport Beach here. It's my favorite thing, but it's pricey. It's organic, it's gluten-free. So I sort of like even though that's, I would rather spend my money on that than clothes all day, but I'll still be like, oh, like I debate when I should get it and I kind of plan it out. So for me, he'll get me a generous gift card and he'll just leave it on the kitchen counter. Here's your vibe gift card. Even though it comes from the same bank account, it's still like, that was so thoughtful. You know, that's my favorite place, my favorite food. You know, I sort of try to be very, I definitely try to be very practical and when I go and how much I spend with it. And because I love all the things. So like that's his love language. That's his way. And so maybe he, I do something every day. Maybe he does, you know, two things a month. 
but it all sort of evens out. And also it's a matter of giving people grace too and not holding them to the same standards and expectations that you do for yourself. That's helped us a lot, but I'm telling you, just communication and taking it down. I used to be a lot more sort of high strung and like, I can't fail. I can't. And now I'm telling you, I own my fails. I'll even say to my kids, Hey guys, I'm totally sorry. I completely failed at this. Um, whatever it is. And I'll just be transparent with them. It makes it okay to fail and okay to make mistakes. And I don't try to hide it or give excuses for it. I just own it. And then we move on. It's so freeing and so empowering. I feel like this whole concept can, this whole idea of putting so much pressure on yourself can just give you so much stress and anxiety. And that's why grace is such a powerful thing because you can release yourself from that stress and anxiety. And if you have work or you have a big family or both, it can be so much. So be careful, again, what you say yes to. Saying yes to every meeting and all the requests for your time will leave you drained and burnt out. And then I'm telling you, the people you love will get what's left of you, not the best of you. Another thing I wanted to mention kind of in this whole this whole topic of giving yourself grace is making sure you're making time. Of course, we talk a lot about self-care and things that you love and getting in your tens every day. Your tens are things that I define as anything that you love, like a tiny, like maybe it's your cold brew or maybe it's a specific um, listening to a podcast or anything that you love. Maybe it's running on the treadmill with loud music, whatever it is, a 10 that is like, yes, that you look forward to it, you love it, it makes you feel great. But also I think making time for friends is very important and something that is not always talked about enough because I think that friends can be such a great support and such a great addition to your life in addition to your family, if you're married and have kids, um, in addition to all that. Okay, so last part. A big part of giving yourself grace is giving yourself praise when you do a great job. Not thinking about what you didn't do great. You know when you see a report card, you naturally kind of skim for, like skim over the good grades and look for the bad grades. I'm telling you, it is so empowering to look at what you did great and give yourself a second to focus on that. Or if you accomplish something, give yourself a minute to celebrate it and tell other people. You know, I feel like we get worried about seeming you know, I don't know, like we're boasting, but I think it's great to celebrate our own wins, even little tiny wins, celebrate wins of people we love. That's just such a good, that's just such a good practice that I've learned in giving yourself grace and self-love is taking those moments when you shine, let yourself shine and let other people in your life shine. I think it's just such a great way to, you know, just like sit in that moment because we will have plenty of sad moments, unfortunately, and we will fail and we will regret things and we'll wish we would have done things differently. But I'm telling you, we have to give more emphasis on those things that we really do great and those things that we excel at and those things that we went out there and killed, that we worked hard at, that worked because lots of times they aren't going to work. But I think slowing down, part of giving yourself grace is celebrating those things when you are actually awesome at it. Like when you nail that meal that everyone loves, like say yes, right on you guys. Um, You know, like don't be afraid to give yourself praise and other people praise for me in this journey of slowing down, relaxing a little bit, getting rid of any ego and um, learning from mistakes. 
giving myself praise and celebrating has been a really cool kind of powerful part of this journey. I'm telling you, there's so much power in slowing down, taking a step back and realizing how freeing it is and how good it is for your soul to give yourself a little grace. I hope you learned so much from this podcast. I learned so much in researching it. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.